0: We need to try Stan Kroenke at the Hay, remove him from power, power back to the people.
1: When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Slap,
0: slap, slaps. Les différents podcasts de frappe. Arsenal have been through their mile and a half of pipe like Andy Dufresne in the Shawshank Redemption where you have to see the light at the end of the tunnel. El podcast de golpe diferente. But Arsenal are going through their pipe, like I say. We'll be back. The different Knock Podcast.
1: Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. Welcome back to the Different Knock Transfer Window Review. A light hearted look at Arsenal with Alexander Moneypenny and my very angry friend.
0: Bradley Adams. And we signed no one, so thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode. Goodbye.
1: <laughs> uh hello. Arsenal I guess I guess we're
0: trusteeing the process.
1: Oh, because the yeah.
0: Is it Tusty? Trusty? Yeah, because the the, the the money laundering deal that we did on deadline day.
1: Yeah, what the fuck was that? What the fuck was that? We signed Aaron Trusty from Colorado Rapids. Listen, some of his statistics actually are all right.
0: <laughs> <I suppose laughs> at isn't, he definitely...
1: ranked, isn't he ranked like 83rd out of 120 MLS centre-backs or something? I don't or there's know. there's some kind of stat where he's like not even that good in the MLS.
0: Yeah, but like, if you look at him statistically per 90 across the last year, like, there's some good stats in there. Like, he's in the this 85th is... percentile for for interceptions. Mate, he's in the 87th percentile for centre-backs for shot-creating actions.
1: If I was saying this, you would be telling me I am scraping
0: the barrel. <laughs> Listen, we need to talk about something, Alex. I am scraping the barrel.
1: <laughs> Welcome back to the if Not Podcast. Uh... Yeah, we didn't sign anyone. No, anyone significant. That, maybe maybe that's harsh harsh on Aaron Trusty, but um, I'm sure we'll get over He's it. He's
0: also not with the squad, so
1: <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um, yeah, uh, I I don't know where to begin, Brad, because it, it feels like that this massive kind of quagmire of information and events and opinions that feels um very significant. I I I think this is a very this is a very significant window. Mm. I think this could be the turning point of a lot of things, potentially.
0: Um, and also for not very significant means, as in for a window where nothing happened, it, it, it holds the cards for me to have a real significant impact. Uh, mm. Me and Alex saw each other earlier and I said to him that what this feels like to me is gambling with their own futures, rather gambling with the clubs. Because mm. you can imagine if we finish eighth, ninth, tenth, them going, them getting the sack, uh, and with two strikers who have scored th- two, two or three open play goals this season, there is possibility for that. There is real possibility for 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 us to to really slip down. But then also, this this is the team that that bossed Man City uh, up to a point. So it's really really difficult, and uh, I. I think there's a couple of things that we'll move on to talk about. But yeah, I I think that for me is kind of almost a a good tagline or a good thing to bounce off of or to start the conversation on is this does feel a lot like a calculated risk against their own futures rather than the club's financial ones, especially when it comes to future signings, because we've halved the wage bill in a year.
1: It does feel like a risk. It does feel like a risk. I think what strikes me about all transfer dealings is how little we actually know like actually know for sure we can we can count on
0: reports and and a perfect example of that is David Ornstein his or I think it was David Ornstein the original news about the Aubameyang to Barca deal was that it was a six-month loan and then it would be a further year with them where it's obviously turned out to be by mutual consent right which makes which makes it very and that's a good example but it
1: makes it very hard to assess so i suppose kind of my overall opinion firstly before i even say anything is kind of caveated with the idea that i think i think it's very hard to assess windows and very hard to assess because there's so much that you there's so many unknowns and so many things that we're we're basically Doing things for the future, you're purchasing a player to play in the future. You're not purchasing, you know, it's not it's not a sort of uh, to go on the the mantelpiece and be admired. It's something you want to use. So it's these these windows and and transfer dealings are things that that can only be played out in in the future. So it's hard to assess what was the right thing to do. I think what I'd say is to try and assess it. I think you have to consider the context as much as you can be aware of, and you have to consider what the what the aim was. And I guess the aim has to come into where Arsenal want to be at the end of the season, where we are in our process and where we are in terms of, you know, what we what we want to be doing this season. I've given this analogy a few times and I think it really works. If you have a, a marathon runner and they're expected to come out of 100 people 20th, you know, between 15th and 20th, and they're in the race and they end up in third for a little while, and they're in third, and then they sort of start slipping away and start slipping down, and they end up in sort of 15th or 20th. I think it would be unfair at the end of that race to say to the marathon runner, what the fuck happened? Why didn't you come third? Because you were expecting them to come 15th or 20th. Now, there may have been an opportunity there, and I appreciate it's not a perfect analogy because nothing can ever sort of appreciate the complexities of football, but I think we have to appreciate what we're aiming for and what we are trying to do and the squad that we've got at the moment has got us to the position where we are so and then there's the kind of positions that I want to discuss quickly before I before I jump over to you I think in kind of order of how much they annoy me we have central midfield center forward and center back now central midfield I understand why we didn't do anything because we have four recognized and quite senior players in Thomas Partey, Mohamed Elneny, Granit Xhaka and and Sambi. And I think that can get us through to the end of the season. And I think we can, that's a, probably even a top four um, achievable in terms of a midfield. And and maybe you disagree. So I I understand why we didn't do anything there. Centre forward, I'm starting to look around at the context. I'm starting to think, I don't know what we could have done other than a short-term deal. But I think every option in that centre forward role is, is a kind of is kind of not ideal you don't want to go out and if you can't get your first target which we clearly tried to do with Vlatovic we, we couldn't do that and we were going to try and spend the money and move forward the, the dealings from summer to, to the January window you don't want to get someone in who you don't want if you want to do a six month loan deal that's depending on who wants to come it's it's a really tricky thing and and in terms of Abamyang, we do have two recognised centre forwards there and Aubameyang his performance had completely dropped off. So I think we're in a difficult position there, but we'll kind of discuss that when we talk about Aubameyang. I think the one position that I think is kind of balmy, and I think comes back to the risk that you were just mentioning is the centre-back. I don't understand, and it's not being talked about particularly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really strange. It's very, I don't very understand strange. how we've ended up with three centre-backs. And yeah, okay, Tomiyasu can, can cover there, but I think that's the one position where I can't, I, I can understand, and I, and I and I actually support not making a central midfield move this January window. But that only under- comes with
0: the context of now. Yes, it's yeah, true. Now that, now that Ghana were out of AFCON quickly, yeah. now that, you know. True, true, true. With the centre-forward
1: situation, I wish we'd done something, but I understand why we didn't. In this, And don't necessarily agree, but I, under- I get it. With the centre-back thing, I don't get it. Those are kind of my overall feelings. And I think and I think the final thing I'll say, and the frustration is, are we a better team than we were on January the first? The answer is no. And I and worry are we about a worse squad. Are we a worse I, squad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I worry about are. what happens if there's a COVID outbreak or something.
0: Um to jump to jump kind of onto your points, I think your parable whilst valiant, misses... Some important context: We weren't, you know, out of if if you were to say a race out of twenty people, and we expected to come sixth. What we've seen this season is is we've seen a couple of the the main chargers who, for those spots above us, almost like a marathon runner, uh, snap their ankle at mile one, and by not capital, do, do you know what I mean? They they almost took themselves out of the race for a while and gave us the chance to make ground. You have to, in football, take your opportunities when they come. You don't get to decide your, your path, but you do get to decide what you do to, to, to kind of take control of your own destiny almost. And I think that there is, definitely, there is definitely some failure to be had if top four is not at least close this season. If we're not a few points off it, if we're not very close, because there's definitely even been the opportunity to get it there. And, you know, Spurs have gone through, sacked a manager, gone through a ho- horrible run and have now got themselves back on. You know, United have, have done the same thing that there's there's no real current look at whether they'll, they'll get better. And West Ham have gone through dodgy patches. I think that there is some failure in there, but whether that is a failure that I think should cost Mikel job, given the circumstances before January 1st, uh, no, I don't think so. Because I think at the end of the day, it would have been an overachievement to have gotten fourth this season. So to not get it for me isn't sackable. But to move on to kind of the the infuriating or the, the, the levels of annoyance with positions Um, center backs, the most stupid, I think, I think as a club, we've made three stupid decisions this window and for that to be done in such a short space of time and for us to also not bring anyone in, it, it does baffle me. The center back position is stupid. We gain nothing by giving away Callum Chambers Apparently, it's a free or two million pounds impossible add-ons. He had a one-year extension on his contract. Extend his contract and sell him to someone in the summer. You will get two million pounds. It does not make sense to do this deal. It, it, it doesn't make sense to do the Pablo Mari deal. You're not going to get more money for Pablo Mari because of six good months at Udinese. Like And if you do, it will be £1 million, £2 million. If we slip from 6th to 10th and miss out on another season of Europa League football and slip down that money rankings order, not only do we lose money, but we also start to confirm ourselves as a mid-table club and we lose the allure to bring in the top targets that we need to push us forward. We've lost out on Vlahovic because of the current optics of the club and the fact that we do not look an attractive proposition. Juventus who are also outside of Champions League football look looked more attractive to Vlahovic than us and they were also willing to pay the agents fees and there's a couple of things around that but if Vlahovic looked at Arsenal and went no that is a project I really want to get behind I think they've got a great chance of doing this I think they're really going places probably would have just told his agents to fuck off like he can like they work for him he's in charge of that he can do that if he wants he's well within his rights but they made the decision to go elsewhere uh, so yeah center back i think is just barmy we've 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 gained nothing from the deals that we've done uh central midfield with the context of where we are on february 1st looks fine but we just shouldn't have loaned maitland niles out until january 31st we should have that. just done it. We should. We just should have done it then. I'm, I'm fine with no incomings. We should have j- just kept maitland niles for that literally that extra month. He's made two or three appearances for Roma. It's not going to have done much else. Can I offer, this isn't me agreeing with it because
1: I think ultimately the club should come first in the end, in these situations, especially when we're in a, the position that we're in. But I think the club tried to do right by the players. And I think Callum Chambers, knowing he's not, he's unlikely to play. Maitland Niles unlikely to play. Pablo Murray unlikely to play. I think I think someone pulled out a stat earlier that seventeen out of eighteen of Arsenal's, um, I think I think of the of the of the players who played the most minutes in the Premier League, seventeen of our top eighteen are still here. So we we've we've got rid of the players that we weren't using, and I think as a club we are quite loyal and quite um, sort of. Uh, Good to people, and I like that as a club. I, I, I and I and I. And those are the values that, I, that sit with me well. And I think mm-hmm. we've seen to Maitland Niles that there are some promises that we've broken to him. We've not allowed him to go out on certain loan deals before, and we've said to him, "Look, I understand you've got this great offer. It's not the best timing for us, but maybe maybe we we'll let you go now." Whether you think that's the right thing to do or not, that's that's up to you to decide. But I I think that's where the club sits. So on the Pablo Mari thing, I imagine Pablo Mari's had a conversation and said, "Look." I'm not playing. Can I go somewhere? And I think the club are not yet in a position where they are competing on enough fronts. Frankly, to be like, look, we might be able to use you in in this situation or that situation. That's why I think it happened. But I th- I wish you
0: know you could do. I get what you're, you I get do what you're saying. Two out of three of those deals, rather than all three. For example, yeah, that's what I mean. I think doing two out of three is fine. Doing all three is 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 suicidal. It's moronic because you just have to say to one of those players, listen, because of COVID and because of this. We are in a situation where we have to keep you. What we'll do is let's find you some rotational minutes. We'll bring you off the bench here. We'll do this here and we'll get you on the pitch so you can at least play some. And then in the summer, we'll accept a low ball offer for you. But we need to get through this season and we need to get European football this season, which is why I think it's absolutely just moronic. But to kind of put also what you're saying into context uh, the total Premier League players, uh, the Premier League minutes played by these players is Maitland Niles, 268, Pablo Mari, 180, Callum Chambers, 170, Kalasanach, 91, and Enketia, 55. But if you remove the first three Premier League games, Maitland Niles has played 248, Pablo Mari's played none, Callum Chambers has played none, Sayed Kalasanach has played one, and has <laughs> played 55. What so are you complaining they're ob-
1: about. You've got one minute.
0: <laughs> they're obviously not playing, and I can understand the the kind of valiant effort or need to to try and do right by these people. But you you don't you don't do all of the moves. It's it again. It's it's signs for me of a poorly run club that we're willing to put ourselves and our whole season and their jobs at risk to give away a player free that you could easily sell for five million pounds in the summer after. Tr- like triggering that release clause. It's another red flag for me in terms of the the directorship of this club when it comes to Edu. Um central midfield, you know, I, I think I made myself clear. It was stupid to loan Mate Lanars out early, but at least we're in a situation now we've got four regular players who have all played consistent minutes, who have all trained enough to know the system. We'll be fine there. Centre forward, um
1: I, I, I think I want to come back on something you said earlier, which I think links to this around the taking the opportunity of, of the top four race. I think this is all kind of tied into the same conversation. I think basically what people are saying when they say, take the opportunity. And I, is this what you're saying? I'm asking you buy a center forward.
0: Not if it's any center forward, right? For, for example, for, exa- wait, wait. Yeah. for example, for example, if we go out and sign Alexander Isaac in the summer for, say, fifty, the £58 million pounds that we bid in January, say we offer that in the summer, they accept it and we sign him, I will be pissed off. Because that's penny-pinching by the club and by the board by not just paying the release clause. If he is their next top target, we can't get Vlahovic now. The fact that he was our top target is irrelevant. He is now unavailable. We now have a new top target. If that top target is Isaac and we bring him in in the summer for 58 million quid, We are morons because we could have brought him in in January. And even if we didn't get Champions League football, he would have had six months to train under Arteta, six months to learn the system, six months to get used to the physicality of this country to hit the ground running next season. And if we do get Europa League football or Champions League football because of the goals that he scores, that extra 15 or 18 million pounds or whatever it is, is dwarfed by the financial benefits of getting into those competitions. But if we leave it up to Enketia and Laka to get us into those competitions, and they don't, not only do we miss out on more money and another year of more money, but we might miss out on the opportunity to sign Isaac because he might go, well, you're not even in the Europa League. You just finished 10th. Why do I want to come to you? And you have players like Martinelli and Saka who need to sign new contracts going, well, it's another year of no European football. We've gone from 8th from 8th again, to then 10th, why am I going to commit what could be the best years of my career to this project? We're not going to come 10th, but I, I take your point. And actually, when you said that earlier, we I, could we could come 10th.
1: That between, is between within the tenth. realms of possibility. Yes, between 10th but... <laughs> and
0: 4th last season, I think it was six points or eight points. That is not a lot of points to drop. It really isn't.
1: But we then have a very different conversation about the future of the club and, and that's a slightly different thing. I, I I take your point and, you know, yeah, he could have gone and got his prep membership and been very comfortable in London by the time summer rolls around, you know, like it, it, I, I really get that. And I and actually, when you said it earlier, I, I kind of didn't understand or agree. And I, now I do, actually. I think I understand what you mean, especially if it's around his release clause fee. It's like, why not do that in, in January? Um, I, I think the centre forward situation, though, if I If he's have, the top target, if he's the yes, top exactly. target. Yes, exactly. 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 And if if he's the guy, if that's who we're, we're clearly trying to get in after Vlahovic, then then that's that that's that. I think I do have a lot of sympathy with the centre forward situation. I have no sympathy with the timings because, like, I think you know you could if if a Bamiyang was going out on the last day, like, you know, if if people go, well, you know, you can't get a a deal sorted in that time. It's like, oh, shut up. Like, you know, like, come on, we've got to to be prepared for these situations. You've got to be prepared for every eventuality and you've got to prepare different scenarios. And they talk about that. When they talk about transfer windows, they talk about, we're preparing for lots of different scenarios. We should have been prepared for that. That Bamiang would go late. So I'm not, I'm not entertaining that argument. What I will say though, is I think looking at our striker group in January and these, there's a lot of ifs, but if we can't get our top target, if our next few aren't available but we think they will be in the summer, if there's no one that we think is right on loan, if there's no one we can get for an attainable price and, and, and to not do something stupid and break our wage structure, and I think all of these things are very, very possible to have happened, and if there's no one, and if we think that the right thing to do is still to get a Bamiyang out, I think we did the right thing because I don't want to be sat here... With Raul de Tomas, because he's a body who's, you know, not the guy, for example, that we necessarily yeah. necessarily wanted on 200 grand a week for however much that that release cause would have been just because we want to get, try and get top four. Because I imagine the conversations in the executive room would have been, we've done this before. Do you remember, yeah. guys, when we signed yeah. Aubameyang six months after signing Lacazette because we were trying to get top four in Wenger's, was it his last season? Like, we yeah. have done this before and we can't do it again. So mm-hmm. I understand why it didn't happen. It was frustrating. And let's be clear, in the heat of the moment on deadline day, I was going, why the fuck haven't we signed anyone? But I think in planning meetings, in the, in the top executive, in those conversations... I imagine they're looking, and from what we hear, and again, what I said at the beginning stands, who knows. But what I hear is Arteta tried to get stuff done that he wanted to do in, 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 in the summer, in January, and couldn't do it, and therefore I support that. And because I still think we're within our remit of, of where we could get to, the only thing I'm worried about is squad depth.
0: Yeah. And that's my yeah. concern. And, and, you know, this is the thing. I w- I would I agree totally. We shouldn't have brought anyone in on a permanent basis who isn't the, in that shortlist, isn't the top target or the second choice. I don't, I don't see any logic for not bringing in someone on loan. You know, there was talk of Murata, and I don't think he's, I don't think he's worse than Lacazette. I think he's better than Lacazette and I don't think he's far away than than a than a striker that would work in our system, I don't think he'd be everything that we'd want, and okay, maybe you ha- you have to pay a five million pound loan fee and pay hundred and fifty grand a week for six months, but at the end of the day you, if, you and also
1: if, if we couldn't get that done then fair enough
0: and if we if we couldn't get that done fair enough, but we should should have probably had something like that lined up a player mm, yeah, who I needed agree. first team football. I don't think it's, I think, I think it's unacceptable that we haven't had that lined up, especially because if a stayed and didn't go and we still annexed him from the squad and we still weren't using him, we should have brought somebody in on loan anyway, because like I've said on this podcast before, if it's the choice of the manager, which will have been greenlit by the hierarchy To ostracize that player, a player who hasn't played for the last four or five Premier League games and still has more goals than Lacazette and Nketiah, I think, in the league. You have to replace that output, even if it's a six month loan. You just have to eat that. You have to take that because these are the choices that you make you know you've made the choice to do that you have to make sure that the club don't falter because of because of that and you know i'm i'm starting to feel some worries about man management because it seems like when things go wrong it's automatic that the player is jettisoned rather than there there seems to have been no and this could just be because it's not been in the public eye but no reconciliation when it comes to a lot of situations. And there's obviously been news that Aubameyang was quite surprised at the level of severity of the punishment. I think that there there is a creeping concern from me about the man management and about whether he is able to bring those types of players on side. Because when you want to win leagues and when you want to win Champions Leagues, you might need players like that who are that type of character, but they're brilliant. They're amazing footballers. That is a massive part of the job, getting players on side like that, being able to reconcile your differences with players. And that's somewhere that I do think growth is needed for me, because I would be lying if I didn't say there was just a slight kind of niggling concern at the back of my mind going. Is this going to again become a bigger issue in time where whenever there's an issue with a player, this happens again and again and again? Because this isn't just once, this is three or four times now. Um, But yeah, I, I I could totally understand why we didn't bring anyone in on a permanent. And I, I'm very glad that we didn't if our top target wasn't out there. But if Isaac is our top target and we sign him in the summer, that is another sign that this, this for me, that either the, the owners aren't willing to put up the money. And that, again, makes me wonder about their stewardship of the club or that this hierarchy wasn't willing to sanction the deal which again makes me question their abilities to do the job. Because if it is Isaac and if it is an extra 15 million quid to possibly get Champions League football, if he is the top choice, then I don't know why you don't do it. I really don't. I don't think there's any logical argument for not doing it.
1: Yeah, especially with the wage savings. Um, lots to come back on there. I mean, firstly, I, I, I just want to put the other side of the Abamian thing. Um, I, I'm not sure actually where I sit on this, but I, I, I just want to put the other side of it on. I think when Abamian came out of the team, we put a very different style of striker in there with Lacazette. And Lacazette is not going to be your guy doing both sides of the game. He is going to drop. He is going to, He might get you a goal here or there. But he is not going to do what Mbappe does and be the person who it lands to in the box. He's not going to be cutting in from that left hand side and you know get curling into the far corner. Lacazette is a very different style of player, and what he's allowed to do, as we've all seen, he's allowed us to become much more efficient with Saka, Martinelli, Smith Rowe, Erdegaard around him. I think those players have flourished because of and around Lacazette. So I think in terms of the replacement and what you say about we have to replace Mbappe's output. I think we have already done that. I think that the I think the output comes from the players around Lacazette. So that's and I, I take your point, but I I do think that's probably the the mindset of the club and and probably the more the side where I'd sit on. I also think on the striker situation, we'd slightly disagree on this. I think I don't really believe in taking opportunities in this way. I am much more a big component of staying very f- frankly maybe navel gazing and going look what what do we need to improve on where where are our strengths how when is the right time for us to invest when do we what do we need to do with our wage structure and stop worrying about what chelsea are doing what Tottenham are doing what's what because what, that as I said last I think last episode that will change that will change all the time it's just one of my just something that maybe we just sit differently on but I think in terms of one of my principles of how I think clubs should be run and actually to be honest how I think humans <laughs> in general should should try and approach life it's like trying to return to what you can control and looking at what your process is and going look here's what I can do being aware of that context and maybe there are some opportunities you can, you can take with that but I do think the I do think the taking the opportunity thing for me doesn't feel like a particularly good way of running your
0: team before we come on to Aubameyang you've yeah you've got something to say I just got a question. I I I totally understand. But doesn't and again, a lot of this conversation is linked off of hypotheticals. As in like if Isaac is our, our top choice, if this was available, if that was available. Nobody of nobody better than Lacazette might have been available on loan. There literally might have been no one who is better than Lacazette available on loan. We don't know these things. I have a suspicion that from news that's been leaked from multiple sources and, and, you know, links that have been made by multiple people that there were players, but that doesn't mean that I know that. But if Isaac, if we play this hypothetical, hypothetical game, and if Isaac is available, uh, is our, is our top target? Sorry. Doesn't signing him fit in our process and fit Absolutely. in our, it fit in our granular way of thinking? which is why I seriously doubt he is our top target.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and, and, yeah, and either that
0: or, or there, there are some there are some questions that need to be asked about why when we got 30 million pounds off the wage structure and we'd offered 58 million pounds in the first place, did we not push to sign what is our top target in the summer? Because there is every opportunity that somebody in much better standing comes in. Yeah, and, and maybe, and maybe it reveals it. That. there's every opportunity that that happens. You know, it looks like that Luis Suarez is going to leave at- Atletico Madrid. They might be in need of another striker. They're going to be in the Champions League. We're not. You know, there, yeah. they Sometimes, and I think, I think what we what what is needed at a club is a balance of both mentalities, of taking opportunities when they arise on all fronts, but also sticking to your plan. You take the opportunities that fit in your cycle. Vlahovic was an opportunity that fit in the cycle. So we went to try and take the opportunity. And it seems like Isaac was an opportunity that could fit into the cycle for the right price. But maybe we find out that our top target in the summer is Calvert-Lewin. And that's why we didn't sign him for 75 million quid because we didn't want to waste, we didn't want to put down that big of a fee, but it was just Calvert-Lewin wasn't available in January. Who knows? But I think for a club to be successful, there has to be uh, uh, a level of both mentalities. Like, for example, if Jurgen Klopp became available as manager and said in an interview, I want to come to Arsenal and lead Arsenal to a title and a Champions League, my, I would be writing Mikel's letter of sacking myself <laughs> and posting it to his house. The same way if it was Pep Guardiola. Do you know what I mean? So there, there are just going to be some opportunities in life that we do have to take. Just imagining Mikel
1: Arteta waking up in the morning, Receive, going, yeah. going downstairs and receiving... An Honor, letter from you no, I have received. You're being tried at The Hague for war crimes <laughs> from Bradley Adams.
0: Where um, is The Hague?
1: I don't actually know, is it? In- you say it all the time. I'm just quoting you. Um, yeah, also I... I the man management thing, one to watch, one to watch.
0: I don't yeah. know how I feel about it yet, but I agree there is something to, to be concerned about. There. So wait, who is it? So it's Abamyang, Gwenduzi. We don't really know what went on with Erzil, so it's a bit iffy as to whether we can actually count that. But I would count that. Yeah,
1: and also because Unai did the same thing, I think it's from above. Yeah. Um, uh, Pepe to a degree, I mean Willian to a degree.
0: Um, Maitland Niles to a degree. I, don't, I, I wouldn't agree with William actually. Wait, he stayed pretty true to William up until getting like paying him off his contract come the end of the season. Yeah, no, maybe William's about what I was thinking. Maybe you getting annoyed about him
1: going to Dubai. Um, yeah, so there, there, a, there is a, to a degree. I mean, I mean I get, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: there's a hearty list of players where there's obviously been something that's gone wrong and they haven't been able to get them back into the fold.
1: Yeah, which 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 isn't necessarily an indication of what the player did was right, wrong, good, bad, or whatever. Who I mean, who knows what happened half the time. Say, you can't judge from the outside. All we can say is there is a pattern and there's a common denominator. And it's like yeah, you know those people in your life who just constantly are having arguments with other people. They're like, oh, this person did this, and this. it's like, well, at some po- at some point, you have you to do have to look. Yeah, you are in all of these. <laughs> so, like, what yeah. is your role in this? Um, we did manage to get a out on... What was it? A six-month deal plus no, a it's, year? It's, what?
0: No, no, no. He's, he's gone permanently.
1: No, no, no. no I now. know. I, I know, but I think even the permanent deal is like a six-month deal and then he cancels his contract or something. It's, it's a really
0: bizarre thing. No, it's by... I think it's not. I think it's by mutual... He leaves the club by mutual consent to go there now for 18 months. Am I still thinking of the Ornstein thing?
1: Anyway, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, the, Orn-
0: I, the Ornstein thing said it was going to be an original 6 months loan with a with then a year after that. So they'd loan him for now and then right. he'd leave by mutual consent next in the summer and join them for a year. Whereas right. now, and that was, I think that was the deal that collapsed because obviously apparently Arsenal were not interested in paying anything towards wages, anything towards structure, structuring the deal or anything. And so I think it, as it turns out that Aubameyang's just left by mutual consent and he's joined them for, for 18 months. And he's taken a 200, I think he's taken a, uh, he's on 83,000 pounds a week. And without bonuses at Arsenal, he was on 250,000 pounds a week. So that is nearly, that's a 170,000 pound a week pay cut that he's accepted, which you have to give him respect for. And you know what? It's a move that he's he's always wanted. And this one hurt me in the same way that Alexis leaving hurt me in the same way that Van Persie leaving hurt me. I loved him. I really did. Mm. And it's a real shame that somebody who is the second fastest player in Premier League history. Oh no, no. The fifth, the fifth fastest player in Premier League history to score 50 goals. Um, Only the second player for Arsenal to score 20 plus league goals in two consecutive seasons is eight goals off of a hundred goals for Arsenal was probably about, by the skin of his teeth, like a, an inch away from being what would, what would have been considered an Arsenal legend and what can be considered a legend of the Emirates era. And for it to come to an end like this is really sad. It's really, really sad for all parties.
1: It is sad. It is sad. And and this isn't to take away from that because I, I, I share, I share that. I think football is so often a very, these days, a very sanitary, um, sport and a very sort of you know everyone is looking for every possible um, way to make any kind of marginal gain and you don't get characters like Aubameyang very often um, and I think he is a bit of a kind of old school style of, of player he you know he liked his fancy cars and he liked his you know he, the way he dressed and that sort of stuff and there is nothing wrong with that in fact I, I like a player who has that kind of character has the confidence to be themselves clearly you know, a very popular, influential person in the dressing room, likable players speak well of him. You know all that sort of stuff. It's interesting what comes up. I was on YouTube and there was a clip of um, a Sky Sports Retro saying that he he had disciplinary options, a at, at, um, at, at disciplinary issues at, at Dortmund. Um, it was like a deadline day clip from 2018 where they talked about how he he'd been fined for going to Satrape when he when he was playing for Dortmund and stuff. But I remember seeing a clip of Thomas Tuchel saying, what you do with the Bamiangs, you say, come at 4.45 when the meeting's at 5pm. Like, you handle these players differently. And I think there is a mm. definitely a, a, probably a whole podcast, to be honest, to be had about how you handle those types of players and and dealing with those players differently. But I do think there is a, ultimately, in the end, this suits all parties. Bamiang was offering less and less to us on the pitch, and our game is moving away from what he does. He, I don't think there was a way back at the club. I think whatever he's done is clearly enough to for put it this way. Whatever Arteta has told the executives, they're happy for them to cancel the contract for. Do you see? What, do you, do you see what I mean? Whatever he's told, he, they're happy for him to annex him away from the squad. So there's got to be a lot of people deciding that whatever Bamiang's done is is enough to be to be stripped of the captaincy and stripped. Like I don't, I don't buy this whole one person dictatorship thing. I just don't. No, 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 no because because it's it's a, it's a clear pattern and whatever he's done who knows mm-hmm. maybe maybe we'll never know but I think it was probably enough and fine things happen but I think that suits Arsenal to move on from that in terms of the mm-hmm. the position he is in the dressing room and what we're trying to build here it suits Aubameyang because as you say he's always wanted that move to Madrid or Barcelona it suits Willy Abamian because he can post Instagram stories about it it suits Barcelona because they can sign another aged attacking player which they seem to Genuinely, be obsessed with
0: they got a 1.5 billion <laughs> pound loan to resurrect their club and they're making the same types of decisions that put them in financial ruin I, I how, how how has this club not been liquidated yet? It's, it's mental
1: but, but basically point being it suits all parties and I think for Arsenal to find someone and I think it could only have been a club like Barcelona, mm-hmm. because the name for our, our Bamiang to to be willing to take such a big pay cut, I think it deserves it does deserve a little bit of credit. And I actually think on the outgoings in general, I'm not saying I'm not saying we've we've the deals particularly were 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 favourable or or perfect. A lot of cancelled contracts, all that sort of stuff. I do think though. 60 to 70% of that this is legacy stuff. I think it's deals handed out to the wrong players at the wrong times. The Kalaschnich deal, the Ozil deal that you know all these sorts of things you can trace these back to Gazidis's you know okay the Aubameyang thing his last contract was given to him by the club but they were hamstrung in that situation. In my opinion, what else could they have done in that summer after the FA Cup win than give him a new contract? I don't know what else they could have And done. and
0: especially after the backlash from not doing Sanchez. Exactly. Then. so and, and and no one could have predicted he'd go Downhill that far. So I think
1: ultimately in the end, it is sad, but I think
0: it's the right thing to have. To oh, I, mate, 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 I totally agree. Um Both things can be true. It can be silly that Arsenal it's didn't bring quote. another striker, Uh, and it can be sad, but the right decision to move him on. And on those kind of Tommy Tuchel quotes, I think you have to be in a certain place as a club and as a squad to allow for those types of players. You need to be... That player needs to be the one step away from winning the league. Like, for example, if Aubameyang came in for that season, the 2015-2016 season, and won us the title, you accept his antics and you accept him behaving like that because he was that level on top that allowed Arsenal to progress to that level, to win that title or to do those things. We are unfortunately at a stage in our development where we can't have that. It's a good point. It's like, it's like trying to ride a bike without the stabilizers on before you've learned to walk. Like you're, you're, you're jumping far, far too many steps and it's a great time to get him out and to get somebody young in who can, L- try and learn to bear the mantle, because unfortunately Arsenal are not even what they once were in in kind of the years, the latter years under Wenger, let alone what we were in the early two thousands. We have fallen from a great height. It is important that we build back to those heights again, not by only buying luxury players who aren't willing to put the hard work in. That it is going to take to get Arsenal back to the top. And whether that's under this manager, the next, the next, and whether that's this crop of players or the next or the next, we are too far in this project's infancy to support a hazard type who would turn up and not lace his boots up. Yep. Yeah.
1: And it's a shame because, you know, there's that Ian Wright video where Yang says he wants to be a legend and... It's sad. He's written a, a message on Instagram saying, um, you know, he's going to miss the Arsenal fans, and he's sorry he doesn't get a goodbye, proper goodbye. But that's football. We wish him well, great memories, and it's mm. football. And I think you're so right about where we are in our development, and we just can't have a player like that at the moment. And that's that's what it is. Can Aaron Trusty play up front?
0: <sighs> no. Nope. Just why? Why? When is it going <laughs> to end, Robbie?
1: The only other thing I would say is the wage savings are mad and yeah. I'm excited about what we can,
0: what that means for the summer. I think there is hopefully, a... Hopefully, hopefully this means that, uh, I, listen, for us to not bring somebody in now and for us to get all of those wages out, there there needs to be a monster summer. This, The next summer has to dwarf the one we've just had. There has to be a big... Big summer where we take massive strides forward. And if there isn't, there needs to be riots outside of the Emirates. <laughs> and we need... Trials at The Hague. We need to try Stan Kroenke at The Hague. We need to remove him from power. Power back to the people.
1: <laughs> Brad's suggesting communism on the podcast. I don't hate it, by the way. The Hague is a city in the Netherlands. Why is that? I thought The Hague was a... I think it's where trials... The Hague. Maybe. Oh, it's like a really Im- important. It's an international court of justice. That's why.
0: Yes, I see. There we go. We all I do learn think. Things, don't I we? do think all all clubs. I, th- I do think all clubs in part should be owned by fans. Let's not do this now. Is, um, what is it? Ninety plus one rule or something. Ninety plus one. Was it ninety plus one? No, 50 that's plus I'm one. I'm getting, I'm getting. Yeah, I'm getting confused with the fucking. You're getting confused with football, mate. <laughs> the 13, the 13 plus one rule. And that <laughs> it's late. I'm tired. Uh
1: we have some questions from the audience. Yes. Bradley. Let's do it. you know someone told me the other day that their favourite bit of the podcast is Arsenal Trivia?
0: Oh, I do love Arsenal Trivia. <laughs> I actually it love say. it. That's funny.
1: Oh well. Uh we've got quite a few questions, actually. Uh passing Jackwood says, surely. Now Arteta needs to take ownership of this group, and that's the last we see of the Arteta
0: exile. Agreed. I think that is the last time that he should be allowed to exile a player. Um, I think, he, yeah, anyone who's been allowing him to not take ownership for this group, seeing as pretty much all of the squad members are players that he's either handed a new contract to or brought in, is is silly. This is this has been his team since the start of the season. So, yeah. This is his- this is even more his squad, and for me he's so confident in it he's gotta to get top six even maybe top five
1: yeah I, I you look at the squad and it is it's his team so i i don't think you know I, 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 I look i look forward to the summer and i think you know the wage wage thing is a is a huge thing around that and i think for example the likes of el nenny and jacka might move on um but I'm not sure, you know, Pepe might go and Ketty will probably go. I think he'll will will. go. But I think well or Lacazette might get a new contract. But I think the kind of, you know, there might still be churn, but I think the kind of cancelling the contracts thing might be over now. Like I can't see who else you'd need to cancel the contracts of. I could be wrong, but I think I think the sort of and also the exile thing. I think well, what I'll say is if if we continue to Cancel contracts and we and players continue to have these sort of disciplinary issues. When this is a team that Arteta is completely in complete control of, or is completely renovated, that's then his problem much more than 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 I think. Yeah, you know, inheriting a squad which was in complete disarray is. Uh, next question is uh, from at ard football. It's good. It's football. Would Arteta have gotten rid of Alba if he'd known we couldn't could, sign a replacement in January? That's the first part of the question. Uh, I think probably yes. Yeah, hundred percent. I think still yes. I think it was a good opportunity because we did, and we literally have. We did. So yeah. Um. And how moronic was it to get? Was it to pair a rookie coach with a technical director who's never worked in Europe before? Shouldn't we have gotten a more experienced technical director or director of football?
0: I think so yeah. Yeah, but so favorite I play, just, I, 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 because I think it's also I think because you you we've also got there is not any experience in the hierarchy. This is Vinai's first job. He was what doing contract work for fucking Sky. Yeah, but Richard Garlic again is very new and we're talking about the lifespan of Edu and his influence on this team being over 2 years. Garlic came in in the summer. The same with with Arteta, I think that that pairing a, a an inexperienced technical director with an inexperienced manager was definitely a recipe for certain things to go wrong and things have gone wrong things like bringing in William bringing in Cedric bringing in Mari all deals heavily influenced by people like Keirajor Abshin so yeah i i i
1: i think these things it's kind of my least favorite type of analysis of just results based analysis but ultimately, that is what we're looking for. Do these guys, and if it works out, it's going to be genius. What an appointment from the club, you know. How, you know who would have thought that this would have worked, you know? But they did. They stuck through it, and they got Well done. And if and if it doesn't work out, or you know, we make a couple of wrong signings in the summer, and Edu goes, then it was, and it was always shit. And you know, they should have got him out ten years ago, before he, you know, should have got him out. Shouldn't even played for the club, you know. Like, and, I, and I think. That kind of analysis I find really tricky and I understand the reason for it. So I try as much as I can to focus on the process. And when I look at the process of what they're doing, there's faults in both of them. But I think generally they're both doing positive work for the club.
0: Um, I think now... I think that's short-termism, especially on, the, especially on the Edu front. We've had a good summer and that very much colours our view of the players he's brought into the club. Because we had a summer where we basically went six for six. But if Willian is still here on that massive contract and, you know, you look at the fact that Mari hasn't played a single Premier League minute since those first three games where he only got in the team because of COVID, I think that there is a lot of rose-tinted glasses on his view as a technical director because we did so well in the summer. And then when you delve deep, the red flag of Oh, you know, Edu, Edu was suggesting Neto for for goalkeeper. And um, who else was it? Did he want Emerson Royale? That was it. He sorted out the deal for Emerson Royale and wanted, and it was Arteta that pulled out. So you, there are, I think that because of certain decisions and because of certain things, and, and especially this summer, there's a lot of rose-tinted glasses going on. For me, anyway, I look at it and I yeah. go. If if we look to every player that's been brought in under his tenure as the ter- the the technical director, I, I I think we're maybe pushing a fifty percent conversion rate of good signings versus bad.
1: Uh, I think that's a bit binary. I think you know good v bad. I th- I think what I'd say is is generally what if we break down everything a technical director is meant to do and that included its not just signings people get this really wrong a, te- a director of football and technical directors that their, their remit does not just involve signings obviously it depends on the club depends on what they're meant to be doing for example at our club edu clearly no longer handles the negotiations that's richard Garlick's thing so cool so he's so but he's in charge of redoing the scouting network which appears to be working We you know in terms of since since that has happened which was all through last year we've done well in the window he's in charge of the academy which is producing top talent at the moment and there appears to be you know players behind even the likes of even the likes of azizes and and patinos there appears to be you know conversations about people who are even younger than them so you know all we can do is and and who knows if that's edu's influence but that's what he's responsible for so I think I appreciate what you just said and i and I don't discount it But if I'm summing everything up into one, if I was to compile a assessment of Edu on a Word document and looked at all of his responsibilities, all the things he'd done, I think I'd put him into generally favourable, but with questions and room to improve. So, But I mean, you know, look, he's inexperienced. and, and, And as you said earlier, if it was a thing where Michael Edwards became available, and he supposedly is available, and we could get him do it (laughs) like you know it's it's not it's not i'm not tied to edu i'm just i think people need to i I think as much as possible we need to try and have a a round of view of it and and it's hard it's very hard because the the signings feel like the most important thing and 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 in a way they are
0: and i think but you also have to look at the fact that we have a we have perma asaka head of youth development who is massively involved in the academy so yeah yeah yeah. it's difficult and, to know and where this, to apportion responsibility. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And and the scouting network, you know, according to articles and stuff, um Ramsdale was suggested by Inyaki Kanya, so wasn't even suggested by the Scouting Network. So Yeah.
1: And and mate, you could you could go but you, you, you could make an argument both ways. You could say, Well, it, well, the scouts found the player, it doesn't matter what Edu did. It's like and then some people would say, Well, this genius bunch of scouts that Edu was masterminded together. It's like it depends how you spin it. But I, yeah. I do think. I think with,
0: I think it's a knife edge. I do. I think yeah, it's yeah, yeah. very. It's tight. It's tight. It's not. And for me, it flips the other way. And I think that maybe it's also to do with standards. I don't know maybe i have no standards no 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 but i mean like by uh, as in like everyone has different standards and by yours he's doing a a, like a just about okay job and for me he's doing a definitely crept into that not very good job do do, do you get me
1: yeah i i uh, i would question and again, once you do that, you have to start defining your terms, and that's where it gets murky. And 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 also comparing it, you know, how is he doing against other people in his position? And also are there other people in his specific position? Do you know what I mean? People try and compare even managers at certain clubs. It's like how it's really hard to compare managers
0: even because some people are managers, some people are head coaches, some people uh have well, it's like Watford. Only, it's n- the- Watford, the managers have no responsibility when it comes to The signings at all or anything like that whereas you you, we know that Arteta has a massive influence over our decisions in the market so so
1: so it's very hard to I think in the end it comes down to just a sense really like and who you follow and what you read Uh, final question from gonna get through this at ggtt underscore afc do you think gonna get through this I like that Uh, do you think fans are overreacting about the club in general we're 6th in the league and can go 4th with our game in hand with the youngest squad in the Premier League. We've also halved our wage bill and managed to get all players moving in the same direction. I, th- I think that is all true and there are other things that are true. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I think it is. it's really hard. It depends
0: where you look. And with our the, games in hand, there are clubs with games in hand on us and... Yeah, I, I, I think Who it's have simple. done significant business in the window. And I, well, actually, I also think that one of the reasons that we probably didn't go so hard this window is, by most metrics, Tottenham's have been, Tottenham since Conte have been performing as probably the fourth best team in the league. And they've just gone out and spent 70 million quid. We could have easily looked at the window and gone, look, they're performing better than us. They've got one of the best top five managers in the world and they've just gone out and strengthened, that probably ends the top four race for us. Why are we going to spend 70 million quid now when we don't think we're going to get it? Hmm. If they don't think they're going to get top four, what's the point of spending 75 million pounds on a player you can get for 55 million in the summer? If you think you literally have no chance of getting it, there is no point, which is another thing that we need to consider as fans. They might think and know that this squad isn't up to it, even with the addition of a striker, so why sign that striker now for big money for the sake of it? Mm.
1: Yeah, I, I I think it's a very again another difficult thing to analyse. I mean, it depends depends who you ask, what fans you're talking about. You know, the loudest voices often shout the the highest, loudest. But the yeah, I, 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 it depends where you look. If you look on the pitch, I see development, I see improvement, and I see us moving forward. Maybe that is the most important place, and perhaps that can indicate because of our kind of upward trajectory in that position, you go great. You could also look at the the mismanagement of Arteta and have a picture of Arteta as Gaddafi in your picture, your profile, and retweet every negative news article about Arsenal and completely have that worldview of that. I think it just depends how you look at it, really. If you're just if you're asking my perspective and my lens, just spat all over my. <laughs> if you asking my per, per, per perspective, um, I think we're generally moving in the right direction. I do think the window. I think we all get. You know, we see other clubs doing things on deadline day. We see Delhi Alley moving. We think, oh god, could we do something? Spurs making football manager signings, and you just think, oh, you know, we 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 could we surely we should be involved in this. And I wanna I wanna feel proud of my club. It's hard. It's hard to know how to assess it. Mm. I would say in general, fans aren't patient, but once they are once they feel like they've got what they want, Ooh. they're very they're very they're very responsive and very not grateful, but they, they're very passionate. So and that goes both ways. It in you know, it's passionate in terms of when you're not doing so well, they'll absolutely clobber you. And when you are doing well, when we had that three one against Spurs, it was
0: like it was like we we're the best team in the league. So i don't think we can call arsenal fans impatient it's been two years and only now am i for for myself really start to see actual significant progress like that's taken a long long time and even then that progress is is coming on slowly but surely i think there does need to be an uh, a kind of explosion come next season of uh, of progress when we get the when we get the right people in per se because for so long it's been oh he doesn't have the right players to play a system he doesn't have this he doesn't have this come the summer when we sign the striker and we sign the other options there for me i don't think there's anything left to hide behind i think it it becomes a we now need to see the fruits of the last kind of fucking two and a half years of pain
1: yeah we we are but it takes a long time to renovate your house and you have to go slowly and bit by bit and you know if you don't if you're having cash flow issues and the builders aren't turning up and you know there's there's always issues and problems that will, will turn up yeah
0: yeah yeah it,
1: it, it takes time and i don't think two years is too much to ask when when you consider the mess we were in contractually on the pitch off the pitch uh as a brand frankly you know the 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 way arsenal was heading in that period i'm not saying that is perfect he has made mistakes he has made mistakes let me be clear but when we look at where we are on Tuesday, the 1st of February, 2022, compared to where we were Tuesday, the 1st of February, 2020, c- considering the pandemic as well, I think we're, we are moving forward. Now, the rate of progress you might not be happy with, but when I look around and see other clubs, I don't see anyone moving as quick as us at the moment.
0: Well, that's because a lot of them don't have to move.
1: No, true, true. But But we're asking for progress and we're getting it, so...
0: Yeah, I just think we've got to be careful because look at the. There are certain clubs making progress quite quickly, and we don't want to be caught, for me. It's true. Do you remember when we Newcastle said Newcastle this- stay up? They could be catching us quite quick. We could probably just go spend a billion pounds in the market. Yeah, do you remember when we said this is going to take half an hour?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Fucking hell. It's been good chat, though.
1: It's been a very good podcast. Uh, the yeah you there's no way you're gonna get me and you on the transfer window and, and get us down to half an hour um thank you for your questions appreciate those thanks guys uh aaron you the process we back thank you for your service at Yang. you will be missed He will be missed He definitely will be missed brad you've got some news for us haven't you do i do you want to tell us about your job i can cut this out if you want
0: oh yeah um I mean, it's still got to be approved by certain people, uh, and I'm doing some filming tomorrow for that, but um, I've I've bagged myself a wee little job for for four months, so myself and Alex will be recording at some disgusting times, uh, and I will be getting up at 4am to watch the Arsenal because I will not be in England um, for about four months, I think. Rad store in the world. Yeah. Uh, It's going to be fun. (laughs) <laughs> I might not be allowed off into the countries, but we'll see.
1: I look forward to podcasts from just strange locations. I'm in Malawi. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, no.
0: Uh, one of them is Haiti, Bermuda, Barbados, I, I think. Haiti. Um, yeah. There's loads of weird ones. Costa Rica. Maybe, maybe you can go to the oh, maybe I'll scout some. Maybe I'll scout some <laughs> Costa Rican wonder kids
1: <laughs> Come for on, the Edu. arsenal. What's wrong with you? Come
0: on. I'm out on a personal scouting mission for you.
1: I've got Adrian Raquelme right here. He's 14 years old. He's a wizard. Uh right, mate. Absolute Fuck pleasure. Man. Hope you guys enjoyed this window review. Um, what do you think of the window? Pretty open, pretty wide, nice and clean. Um brings What would you op- give the window out and of 10 three like you you can't rate it much higher than that it we didn't improve
0: i understand why it
1: had to happen i think there's a concept and we put it. and
0: we put ourselves at risk i think that's the thing if if for example we were in a situation with four center backs and and say for example we just didn't loan out callum chambers I think it's a five Didn't out of five. Them out, sold him. I think it's yeah. Uh, well yeah, we'll get rid of him. I think it's a five out of five, middle of the ground, but because we've left ourselves a bit short.
1: Five uh, out of
0: five. Three. Yeah. Five out of ten, sorry. Fucking hell, I'm tired. Go
1: on, go to bed. Pleasure as always. Go to bed. Thanks for listening. Keep it yeah, different. Pleasure, and we will see you later.
0: Peace.
1: Thank you so much for listening to The Different Knock podcast. Please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and buymeacoffee.com, find us on Twitter at Knock, and visit our website, thedifferentknock.com. Thanks. Podcast Network.